my name is Jason Yormack, alongside co-host Jack Collins, here from the Sports Boom. And today we're here to discuss Week Two's NFL action. A lot of games going on. Everyone's playing. Beginning of the season, hectic, hectic week. And we're here to break down all the big news from this week, week number two. So the first question I have for you, Jack, is the first game of week two, Thursday night football, Buccaneers-Panthers, Cam Newton has a foot injury, and he's out for the, the future uh, couple of games with a foot injury. How do you think this impacts this Panthers team? And what do you think of Cam Newton's future with the Panthers? Well, Cam, ever since the end of last year, really, has uh, had his struggles. Uh, knew something was wrong. You know, Cam's used to, supposed to be the best mobile quarterback in the NFL, and he just hasn't been moving a lot, and he's not naturally a pocket passer. And it's really shown his passes have been kind of coming up flat. The offense overall has been flat. You know, obviously, they have McCaffrey's a beast, but their passing attack in the NFL being a passing game has struggled. So this was uh, – obviously, we knew something was wrong. And, you know, MR, uh, it shows because injury staff showed that he has a foot injury and he'll be out for the immediate future. And who knows what with Cam Newton. Uh, a lot of people – he has his great MVP year where the Panthers went 15-1 and in the regular season and lost to the Broncos. Super Bowl 50, but he's kind of been on the decline since then. You know, he's the kind of guy that – He's a very frustrated when he loses, you know, kind of a sore loser. And everything's kind of spiraled down for Cam. The Panthers had an excellent start to the season last year, and then they collapsed and didn't even make the playoffs. So, for me, th- this is a pretty big injury. Now, is this signaling maybe that Cam Newton's, I'm not saying career is over, but the prime is over? Who knows? For the Panthers, do you start looking towards the future, maybe to drafting another quarterback? But this this is a big injury. Now, Kyle Allen started for the Panthers this week. I don't really know a lot about him. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be such a downgrade for Carolina just because of the fact that Cam's been having just foot problems overall. And while, you know, the Panthers are kind of luck, lucked out that the AFC South have had a tough start, we're going to get to the Breeze injury later on. But with Cam, it's, it's really going to be a struggle with you. How do you think this affects uh, McCaffrey's value? I still think McCaffrey has like has his value as one of the top top picks in fantasy football and on the Panthers. He's right now their their most valuable player on this team, and he needs to step up right now. Yeah, Cam Newton's not on the team right now. Um, he's not on the field with the team, but he's um, McCaffrey still needs to be a leader, and by leading this team. He needs to be effective running the ball, catching the ball, uh, getting those extra yardage just for this team. But I, I think McCaffrey can do that and step up. It's going to be a different it's different feel for this team. They're going to have to work harder, and McCaffrey's going to have to show this team and prove to this team that he's the, the MVP of this team. The Panthers, I mean, they've struggled in their first two games, but they need to they need to pick it up with or without Cam Newton, and prove to the Panthers organization that they're, they're here to, to still contend in the playoffs. Uh, they were in the Super Bowl a few years back, and it kind of declined from there, and they need to push back forward without Cam and with Cam. Um, so I think we've, we've talked a lot about Cam Newton this first game. 
Now let's move on to the Patriots. The Patriots domination across the board. First two games. I mean, this team could be unstoppable the whole season. They won their first, their second game of the season, week two, 43 nothing against the Dolphins. And it just proves to you how good this team is. Their defense uh, is unstoppable right now. They defensively have been playing amazing. Fantasy owners of the defense have been have been going off. They they love this defense. And Tom Brady, however old he is, it's it's working. With age, as he gets older, he gets better. That's it's just something it shows to to Patriot fans. So now my question to you, Jack, is do you think the Patriots can continue this domination now that news have has uh come out that the Patriots have cut Antonio Brown following uh, rape allegations. Do you think the Patriots can still take this team, maybe even 16-0, maybe a couple losses, but I, do you think this team can go on a run for the whole season? Well, yeah, obviously, it, it's uh, Antonio Brown being cut first off. I think this is the end for Antonio Brown. I don't think that any team's going to sign him. Uh, I think if, if the Patriots couldn't fix Brown, no one can, so I think this is the end of, of Brown. But on the Pat standpoint, they still have a dominant team. I still think now maybe this is the 19-0 and team they were if everything panned out with their own. But, you know, you take a look at their schedule the next few weeks. They play the Jets without Darnold this week. Then they head to Buffalo. Then they have the Redskins. Then they have the Giants. Jets again in Cleveland. They don't really have a tough game until November. So the team can easily start off 8-0, 7-0, and, you know, be dominating. So, but I think maybe they'll, they're going to miss Brown in some of those games. And the games against maybe like the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the, the good teams are going to be missing Antonio Brown. But I still, the, the, the team's still such a dominant team. They still have Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman. They still have obviously Brady, Sony Michelle in the backfield. Uh, Dorsett's role looked pretty good these first few games. The defense, like you said, has been elite. Uh, I, I, it's going to be a loss for the Patriots, and I do think maybe instead of them potentially going 19-0, and 0, oh, maybe they do stumble across a loss along the way or two. But this is still a very dominant team. They're going to win the division, no doubt. They're probably going to make it to at least the AFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl again. And this is just – this is the Patriots again. They're doing what's right for their organization, and they, they know that uh, if – they they just know that if it's going to affect the team as a whole, the guy should be gone. The Brown thing, we saw it in the press conference with Belichick that he was getting aggravated about it. He left the press conference because there were the questions. So the Patriots knew it was becoming a distraction. It was deprecating their practices. It was getting into the locker room players' heads, and you never want to do that as an NFL team. So I, I think they made the right decision by cutting him. But now it's just another week for the Patriots. They get to play the Jets this week. It's like a bye week, essentially, because the Jets are horrible without Darnold. So I, I still see them being elite. Maybe this is not the undefeated team, but I still see them being elite. Uh, but the, the bigger story for the Patriots is that, you know, how does Brady get affected by this? Uh, Brady, obviously, he's looked very good these first two games, but no doubt about it. But have you seen a decline, Jason, in the, the play of Brady? I mean, obviously, they put up 43 points last week, 33. But it seems like Brady hasn't been, you know, the dominant Tom Brady we're used to. 
You know, Jack, I still think he is the dominant Brady. I mean, he goes out week one, week two, looking like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And it just proves that he is still an elite quarterback. He is the Hall of Fame quarterback who's won six Super Bowls. And he's out there to do it again. And by crushing the Dolphins, beating the Steelers week one on Monday on uh, Sunday Night Football, I mean, it just shows Brady is still elite. And he should be at the top of the poll like he is. Hall of Fame, uh, still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I don't see any decline right now. We'll have to see week three, week four, see if he could still put together against okay teams like the Jets, the Giants, the Browns coming up in his future. And I do agree with you that it won't start getting tough for him until November, which is a very interesting thing for this Patriots team because if you go on a run in the first five, six weeks and undefeated, it just gives you more hope and more power and more strength to just defeat these teams who have been beaten up by other teams. And I do think the Patriots can go to the AFC Championship game and even the Super Bowl, which I, I, I completely agree with you on that one. So let's let's move away from the Patriots now, and let's start talking about the MVP, early MVP uh, players that we, we see right out of the gate. We see Lamar Jackson, we see Patrick Mahomes, just two of the, the best right now, uh, proving to everyone they could be the most valuable player in the NFL. Uh, we look back, Lamar Jackson, we won absolute domination against the Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins aren't the best team in the league, but, I mean, they are the worst team. But Lamar just threw a ball all over them, and he proved that he's a great quarterback. Mahomes, even last week, you're down 10 nothing end of the first quarter, and you wind up winning 28-10, throwing four touchdowns in one quarter. It just proves you have the leadership role, and you can be the most valuable player in the NFL. Um, my question to you, Jack, how do you – like, do you think other MVP contenders will start emerging in with Lamar and Mahomes? And if so, who do you think will will come out and race with them? Uh, it's going to be tough because, obviously, Mahomes, we knew he was the front runner. He looked amazing last season. It's translated this season. Despite the fact they lost Hill, he didn't lose a step. Through for 440 yards last week. I know it was the Raiders, but that's insane for any player. And Lamar Jackson, listen, he's shown he can play. He's had an incredible start to the season, not just with his passing, but with his legs. He actually kind of reminds me of that 2015 Cam Newton. He ran for, he was the first quarterback ever to pass for th- more than 200 yards and rush for 120 in a single regular season game in NFL history. So that's, that's insane to do. So obviously these two, I think, are going to be neck to neck. But maybe, you know, if there's going to be a guy that comes into the race, it's got to be some sort of non-quarterback, because I think these two guys are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe it is an Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott's looked pretty good to start. Saquon Barkley's had a pretty great start. Maybe it's a defensive guy, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, because I just think as a quarterback, I think right now, Mahomes and Jackson are so far away better than everyone else. Yes, Dak Prescott started off very well. Um... Obviously, there are other great quarterbacks in the NFL as well, like Aaron Rodgers. But to me, with Breeze going down, we saw Ben going down. These the great quarterbacks are injured. I told you, I think I don't think Brady's an MVP candidate. So for me, I think Jackson and Mahomes 
are by far and away the two best quarterbacks. Usually in the NF- MVP race, you have a couple quarterback candidates, a couple other candidates, usually on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball as well, usually have a running back. Last year was Gurley. This year, it'll probably be Barkley or Zeke to come into the conversation. Now, Jason, obviously Jackson and Mahomes uh, play each other this week, which would be a great uh, battle, probably the best early game of the week. Who do you think is going to have the better game? Do you think it's going to be Lamar Jackson? He's obviously not playing against a great defense. Or do you think it's going to be Mahomes against a tough Ravens defense, although I think Mahomes is the better quarterback? I think Mahomes has the definite advantage in this game. Even home field in Arrowhead Stadium, big crowd coming in. The Chiefs, I think they're just going to pull away in this game. Uh, I think the Ravens um, will stay in it the first few quarters maybe, but, I mean, second half of the game, it's just going to be all Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes, for me, it's a definite, definite win for the the Chiefs, and Mahomes is going to look like an MVP candidate, uh, and he he should be. He's an elite quarterback, and I believe he's a big chance of winning MVP. Um, another big topic with quarterbacks in the league is the New York Giants. Recently, they announced Eli Manning will be put as the backup, and Daniel Jones has moved into the starting position for the New York Giants. Jack, what do you think the Giants need from Daniel Jones to be an effective offense and look like they did 10 years ago in the Super Bowl? What do you think they need from Daniel Jones? Well, I think Daniel Jones is going to have to add an element Eli did. Now, Daniel Jones is going to have a hard time, especially with Golden Tate suspended. The receiving core for the Giants is obviously weak. Uh, they have Barkley in the backfield. They have Ingram at the tight end. But Shepard's banged up. I'm not sure if he's playing on Sunday or not. Uh, and then he doesn't have a great O-line on top of that. And the Giants' defense has been atrocious this year. So Jones is going to have a tough time to start off with. But... For him to be an effective quarterback, it's all going to have to come down to extending the play A, which Eli does not do very well, and B, just making sure to make the right decision. It's not about making the play every time. As a rookie, that's the biggest problem with rookies. Everyone tries to make the play. That's why rookies usually are notoriously known for having the most interceptions in the NFL. You got to know when to, you know, maybe take a chance down the field and when to just throw it away. I'll give you an example. When it's Let's say the opening drive of the third quarter, and you just want to gain momentum, and let's say it's a second and long, you're going to pass. There's no need to force a pass into double coverage ever. So if you're Daniel Jones, why do that instead? Why do that when you can just throw the ball away, get out of the tackle box, and throw it out of bounds? That, that's what I'm saying about Daniel Jones, too. You just take little, to be a successful quarterback, you can't take a lot of sacks. And you don't throw many picks. You're going to become – I'm not going to say you're going to become like a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. But you are going to become a successful quarterback in this league. Obviously, you have to be able to throw a football well. But um, it, it's going to come down to a lot of factors for Daniel Jones. I think he's going to have a tough time even going against a subpar Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But – uh, it's going to be interesting. It, the Giants, you know, Eli Manning's been there since 2004. This is going to be the first really time. Obviously, he didn't start a game a couple years ago because they benched him. But this is going to be the first time the Giants are starting to move away from Eli. He's definitely one of, if not the most accomplished quarterback in Giants history. He's probably going to make the Hall of Fame one day. Um, 
And even though, you know, he didn't light up the stat board, no doubt about it, he's he's going to make the Hall of Fame one day. He got two Super Bowls. But I think Giant fans are die, were dying for this moment to finally move on from Daniel Jones. I mean, move on from Eli Manning, excuse me, and move on to Daniel Jones because I think they know the future is right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jason, the Giants defense – in particular, in the rough spot. Obviously, quarterback play has been great. Eli has been good. But their defense has been atrocious. Last week, they got torched by the Bills, who aren't a great offensive player, and then they got destroyed by the Cowboys. This week, they play a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that has a lot of uh, weapons, in particular, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Evans is obviously an elite receiver, and Godwin is an up-and-coming star. What does the Giants secondary have to do of the season well Jack they need to play smart smart defense is the best defense defense wins championships and right now the Giants are not looking at that championship there it starts with the defense their defense needs to get it together yes one week isn't going to be a lot to change defensively but Daniel Jones if they can get that offense rolling maybe it'll give a little spark to the defense and maybe they could just step up get a few stops hand the ball over to Jones. Jones can, can do some magic and, and get a win. Every win matters. And for the Giants, just one win could spark the whole season to go to the playoffs. I'm not saying that they will. I'm saying you just need one little spark to get everything going. And for the Giants, defensively, it, it just needs to be better, plain and simple. They need to be better all over the ball. Defense, offense, special teams, everything. It just needs to be simply better. And for the Giants, for Schumer, Schumer needs to get, get everyone together and, and get this week going because they do have a chance against this Buccaneers team. If they were playing the Patriots, I would be telling you, Jack, there's no chance. They're, they're winning this game. They're playing the Buccaneers. They could stop these two wide receivers and all of a sudden get going, hop on the horse and just start winning games. And that's that's all they need to do. That's all the Giants need to do play better, better defense, better offense, and there's there's your football team right there. Uh, another situation with quarterbacks, as we were talking about, two major injuries for two future probable Hall of Famers, a definite Hall of Famer, Drew Brees, and a most probable Hall of Famer, Big Ben. Uh, ben Roethlisberger injuring his elbow, he's out for the season, and Drew Brees injuring his finger after a hit from Aaron Donald. He's going to have surgery. He'll be back in six to eight weeks. Most likely, if everything goes well. Jack, my question to you about these two injuries is how will it affect their, the two of these teams? Because they were huge. They are they play a huge role in on both of these teams, starting quarterbacks, big players, big threats to opposing teams. Like, what do these teams need to do in order to refocus and gain confidence without their leading uh, position? Well... I think the, the both teams are on a tough spot because for any backup quarterback, whether it's Mason Rudolph or Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be hard to uh, go into the shoes and replace Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. Like you said, two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing for two rabid fan bases. But uh, first off, I think it's going to be easier for Teddy Bridgewater than Mason Rudolph just because Bridgewater is a veteran. We have seen him make the playoffs. He was the starter at one point. I think he's going to have an easier job. It's not going to be an easy task, but he will have an easier job just because Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, uh, 
behind a great coach in Sean Payton. That the, the Saints have plenty of firepower behind them, and I think that'll help them. Number one, number two, the Saints are in a much worse division than the Steelers. The Steelers have to compete with Baker Mayfield, uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously. I think in the AFC South, Newton just went down. The Falcons have looked like a mess, and the Buccaneers are always uh, near the bottom half of the league. So I think that's going to help Bridgewater a lot compared to Mason Rudolph. Another reason Mason Rudolph's not going to be in a great spot is uh, due to the fact that the Steelers are 0-2. They're 0-2. Right now, they look dead. And they they do need a spark. So well, maybe Rudolph can help them with that. But, you know, oh, you're looking at 0-2 – and you're going now, you're going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers who are 2-0 and and have looked amazing so far against Garoppolo. That's not easy. And Nick Bosa's on that team. He's going to be running after Rudolph's making his first start. This is not an easy test for Mason Rudolph. So I think it's going to really overall affect both teams in a big way. But I think it's going to have a more significant impact on the Steelers. I don't think their season's over. You know, they certainly 0-2. You still have a shot making the playoffs usually. One team that's 0-2 emerges and making the playoffs, but it, it, it's not going to be easy. And if the the, uh, the Steelers lose this week, they're going to. This is going to be a lost season for Pittsburgh. Uh, their fans, I know, who are like I said, some of the most diehards in the NFL, are going to be calling for Tomlin to be fired, uh, to draft the quarterback to just tank. But they traded the first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, so it's not going to do any good. Uh, plus the Saints, they, like I said, the Bridgewater's accomplished. I think the Saints will be fine, especially considering Breeze will come back at some point this season. But I, it's a tough spot for both quarterbacks just because they have to fill big, big shoes in the form of Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. The Saints uh, travel up to Seattle. Great defense. They actually just uh, smothered the Steelers last week. What do the Saints have to do? Now, I know it's not going to be easy without Breeze, but what do they have to do to gain victory over a really good Seattle Seahawks team? I mean, the Seahawks the past two games, they've won by a small margin. And, I mean, all all the Saints need to do is just play better defense than they have been playing. Their defense, I'm not saying is terrible. They're just – the defense needs to step up against the, the Seahawks this week. And protect protect the ball. On offense, Bridgewater needs to do a good job protecting the ball and making the most of it on every single drive, whether it's whether it's even if not getting a field goal or a touchdown, pinning the ball into Seattle's zone, making them work for every single point. And ultimately that's how they'll come out with the victory. The Seahawks to me have not looked like a team that will go to the playoffs and win big games. I mean, they beat the the Bengals by a little, the Steelers by a little. I mean, if they're going to win this game against the Saints, it's going to be by a little. And I, don't, I just don't see them doing it this week. I think the Saints will win this game because of the defense. Defense wins championships. Defense win, wins games. And I think the Saints defense will pull it off and hold the Seahawks offense to minimal yardage and, and points. Uh, another surprise is the Bills. They start up 2-0 defeating two New York teams. Uh, the struggle of the Jets and the Giants continue, and the Bills emerge as a surprise. I just wanted to throw that out there uh, for a week two topic. But for our last topic that we're going to discuss today is Dak Prescott. D- 
Dak Prescott is the real deal. He's come out firing in all angles. He's got Zeke. He's got a good defense. He's got another threat in Jason Witten, who came back this year after being in the broadcasting booth. And he's got he he is the real deal. Jack, what are your what are your last thoughts on uh, Dak Prescott as the season starts starts ahead? Uh, Prescott. I mean, I've had him in fantasy, so I really reap the rewards. But Prescott. He's been amazing. I've been just watching him overall, not just in terms of fantasy, just as a quarterback. I think it's the new offensive coordinator, Calamore. They got the Cowboys this offseason, got rid of Scott Linehan and Martin Calamore, and it looks like they opened up the playbook a lot more for Prescott. He looks a lot more comfortable uh, in the pocket in general. He used to be this guy that he would only be good if he was using him. Like, now he looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, that cer- it certainly helps that his weapons are a lot better. Amari Cooper now in his first full season as a Cowboy. Michael Gallup's developed nice and well, even though he's going to be out this week. He's Randall Cobb in the slot, who's been a nice replacement for Cole Beasley. Like you said, Jason Witten failed attempt as a broadcaster, led him back to Dallas, and now uh, he, he's been a nice little weapon. And Elliott in the backfield helps. He has a really good old line. So I think Prescott, he's in a great situation, but he's also doing everything right. And if he can continue with this, the Cowboys are going to probably be the team to be in the NFC East because the Eagles have not impressed me so far. And the Redskins and Giants are certainly not going to be competing for the playoffs. So, for me, I, I think it's really interesting looking at Dak Prescott. I think that he can be, uh, you know, we were all criticizing him that he isn't a franchise quarterback. Maybe this year he's finally taking that step to become maybe a top 10 level quarterback in the league. And maybe he's going to be the future of the Cowboys. Now, we're turning to our new weekly uh, pick'em game. It's called the three pick'em. So, we're going we're gonna to do three games each week. Mutually that we've picked, uh, and we're gonna pick the winner of each game and uh, give our reason why. So our first game, it's an early game, one o'clock. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. They're gonna take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Both teams are at two and zero. Like we said, two offensive MVP candidates potentially, with uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Lockett. Jay, why did you uh, take the Chiefs? I know you said you took the Chiefs earlier on the show. Why, why Kansas City? I mean, Chiefs, number one, they're, they're home in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, number two, they're, they're just an electric team in general. They have Patty Mahomes. They got uh, Travis Kelsey. And just being under this, this organization with a bunch of great coaches, when you're, when you're throwing the ball to Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, uh, hopefully Tyreek Hill will come back and, and be electric. But this team has great potential, and it starts with this game. Uh, Ravens are a good team, and we're about to find a lot out of both of these teams, whether they can handle pressure situations. And I think it'll be uh, shown in this this game a lot. But I'm going with the Chiefs. Jack, who are you going with? I got to go with Kansas City, too. Listen, Lamar Jackson's been a great story so far this season. The Ravens in general have looked like animals. But they played two really bad teams in the – Two teams that could be fighting for the number one pick next year, I might add, in uh, the Miami Dolphins, who look historically bad, and the Cardinals, who were the worst team last year. So, easy on the Lamar Jacks. I, I, I like Lamar a lot, but let's get hold our horses because he's played against two bad teams. The Chiefs proved themselves last year to be one of the top teams in the NFL, and they week one they destroyed a great Jacksonville defense. And last week, they did the same thing against the Oakland Raiders, both on the road. This is the home opener for the Chiefs. Arrowhead's going to be rocking. It's the hardest place to play, arguably, in the NFL. 
And it's going to be hard for Lamar Jackson. He's going to have a really big challenge, not because of maybe the Chiefs' defense necessarily, but playing in a really tough world environment. We know Mahomes is going to be firing all cylinders. You know, whether it's the Sammy Watkins, the Marcus Robinson looked very well last week. They have Kelsey, who's an elite tight end. To me, I think the Chiefs, I don't know if they're going to run away with this game, but I think they're going to win, let's call it 27-20. to 20. Uh, I think they're going to win just because of the fact uh, of Mahomes and it's their home opener. Uh, next game, it's a late game, uh, 4 o'clock uh, start. We got the Texans at Carson, California, take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And for me, I'm going to have to go with the Houston Texans. Uh, while, you know, the, you know, the Texans haven't been great this season, I just think, I look at the quarterback matchup again. Deshaun Watson is starting to, you know, He's an elite quarterback, and yes, they, they didn't score a lot of points against Jacksonville last week, but Jacksonville is an elite defense. They're going to head to L.A., you know, that that's not a super hard place to play. They play in a soccer stadium. Uh, they, they have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Duke Johnson, uh, Will Fuller. There's a bunch of weapons on this Texans team, and while the Chargers, you know, they're, they're, gonna, they're solid, Austin Eck for the first few weeks. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they have a ton of talent on that team. I just think that the Texans, they're, they're, they're so young. They have a lot more, I feel like, energy in them. Uh, Chargers, with, uh, they're without Melvin Gordon, even though I don't think Melvin Gordon's amazing. He's a re- he's a solid player. I, I think the Texans uh, are going to be going to L.A. to prove they're legitimate contenders and beat the Chargers. Uh, Jason, who do, who do you have to win in this game? I actually have to disagree with you, Jack. I'm going with the Chargers in this game. Not, um, I love defenses, and the Chargers to me have a really good, solid defense. They played the Colts week one, they won in overtime. It didn't show a lot about them, but it did show they can come out and get the victory at home. The Texans playing the Saints in week one, uh, tough game for them. Yes, they should have won that game against the great Saints team, but it, it, it did prove they're a good team. But we got to wait till we get to week two playing against Jacksonville. Uh, for me, it should have been a very easy win for the Texans. Turns out uh, Gardner Minshew had a, had a different story up up there in Jacksonville. And they only lost uh, – the Jaguars only lost by one, and the Texans came out winning because of a failed two-point conversion attempt by the Jaguars, which is disappointing for the Jaguars, but Texans got to be better than that. And for me, playing against a, a good Chargers team, I, I don't think the Texans can do it. Yes, the Chargers lost against the, the Lions week two, but I think they'll, they'll rebound off this game and play a lot better. Austin Eckler is a great player, and you got, they have to stop taking all these penalties. There were, a couple pe- there were a couple big plays called back because of offensive holding, offensive penalties. It just wasn't going their way, and I think they'll regroup. They'll figure out what's going on, what's wrong with all these penalties, stuff like that, and they'll pull out a win against the Texans. Um, for, so for our third game, we have <clears throat> we have the Browns against the Rams in Cleveland. Jack, who do you have winning this game? Well, I, the Browns to me have been the most overhyped team in the NFL this season. It's not even close. Uh, Cleveland did get a win last week, albeit against the Jets. And even though they won by three, uh, possession, they didn't look like a good team to me. This is they should have won forty to three over the Jets, and they won twenty three to three. Um, Baker Mayfield, he looks like he's regressed or not progressed at all. 
this past off season. Um, the defense has not. I mean, yes, they gave up three points last week, but it was to a bat, a third string quarterback. Uh, they had a lot of messy plays. They're gonna have a really tough test this week. Sean McVay, a Rams offense led by Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook. This Rams team is solid, and that extends the defense too with a keep to lead. Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, Marcus Peters, there's so many good players on this Rams team. Yes, it's on Sunday Night Football, the first time the Browns have been on Sunday Night Football in over a decade. Yes, uh, this is definitely not a make-or-break game, but the Browns didn't have not looked impressive to me at all this season. I, I'm going to have to go with the Rams. I, I, don't, I think it's going to be like a 24-13 game. The Browns have some nice players, no doubt about it. I, I, Garrett, yes, he looked, he had some penalties last week, but he's a beast. OBJ obviously is great, so is Nick Chubb. But downfall of Cleveland's going to be Baker's not progressed, and also they've had a lot of penalties. They have, you know, they they had 18 penalties week one, which was the most since like 1948 or something like that. It was crazy how many penalties they had. So for me, I think the Rams are the clear winner. Over the Ram- uh, over the Browns, uh, Jason. Who do you have winning this Sunday night bout? I also got the Rams, Jack. I have to agree with you 100. percent Everything you said, absolutely correct. The, let's take it back to Week One. Titans, Browns. Browns did not look like the Browns that they that they did look like last year. Browns got absolutely killed in this game, 43-13. Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Jarvis Landry did not look well at all. This game proved to Browns fans they got to step up, and they did did that in week two against the Jets. Yes, they could have put more points on the board. Yes, they could have played much better, but they got the win. Win's all that matters, and for the Browns, they got the win, starting off 1-1. One and one. Rams, 2-0. and oh. Rams are a better team than the Browns, beating the Panthers 30-27 to 27 week one. It did prove a lot to the Rams. They're out there. They're still they're still pretty decent. They could have won by more against the Panthers, in my in my opinion. They should have won by more, but um, but you know it it's just how it worked out. Rams played the Saints week two. Uh, Drew Brees got knocked out of the game, and the Rams just took over. And I think that was their advantage to the Rams with no Drew Brees, and that was kind of an easy win for the Rams this week. I think it'll be a little tougher with an actual quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And I think they'll they'll struggle a little bit in the beginning, but I think eventually they'll they'll take over the game, and they'll defeat the Browns in a Sunday night matchup uh, between the Rams and the Browns. So we both have the Rams on that. We both have the Chiefs in the Chiefs game, and we have a little uh, matchup between the Texans and the Chargers. You chose the Texans. I chose the Chargers. We'll see what happens uh, Sunday. And. Thank you for for uh, for hearing it on this new segment called Three Pick Prediction. With I'm Jason Yormack alongside co-host Jack Collins. Thank you for listening to the Sports Boom.